Why don't you take your lively chubby ass and get the fuck off my car? Starting to get scared. Starting to get scared. Welcome back to Steven Destroy, the podcast where we watch every Steven Seagal movie so you don't have to. I'm James. I'm Dylan. This week we're talking 2004's Clementine, a, uh, a South Korean film with uh, maybe five minutes of Steven Seagal. <laughs> Barely a Steven Seagal movie, but we watched uh, it. Arguably not one at all, but yep. well... It, it kind of has the feel, I think. I think it does, ultimately, it, it ends up feeling quite a lot it like some of the stuff we've watched yeah. recently. Yeah. When, um, relative to this recording, when did you watch Clementine? Immediately before. Immediately before? Yeah, sort of. Because there was another another movie that I had some eyes on this week. But we might get to that later. Might. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if we're going to follow up our... Uh, nail-biting cliffhanger from last week yeah um yeah i also just watched clementine um How pretty immediately before like finished it yeah. maybe like 20 minutes ago um it's wild yeah clementine's exhausting it's exhausting it's very strange <laughs> and not in the exact way that we're super used to but i mean it's still uh a lot um i think because this was the one that when i think on our very first episode we were like hey we might not actually be doing every steven seagal movie we can't find clementine after the recording i remembered the existence of physical media which um helped us with a lot with a lot of these movies that our only option would have been to buy them like digitally um but you couldn't even do with clementine but i ordered it from ebay the dvd i got could not have been an import, literally, because I don't think that we would have the same like DVD region code as South Korea. Yeah. But the DVD is um, entirely in Korean. Like the text on the case, the menus, everything is entirely Korean. So I uh, I had to make sure that we had like the English subtitles burned into the the version I sent you. Got all that. Watching it now. Uh, I learned, I think that um, the subtitles were not super accurately translated. They were not. Uh, it kind of just reads like like they just put the script, like the actual dialogue, into Google Translate. And it had, had it like translate back. Um, there To the point to where there was a couple times, and there's like a huge twist in this movie halfway through. Um but at, as that twist was happening, I was like, not sure. <laughs> I like I couldn't tell if it was this big twist or if the subtitles were just so fucked up at this point. Yeah. Uh, do you wanna you wanna do a little little rundown on Clementine on the story? Uh, I'll you know, I'll do my best here with Clementine. Um, <laughs> I think it's easier yeah. than. It's it's easier certainly than a lot of the Seagal movies that we've we've watched because this one really isn't like a Seagal movie. Um, but yeah, we have I don't remember the names of any of the characters. Hey, that's for, okay. 
except for maybe the daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, her's like Sarang, or mm-hmm. I don't know how you would pronounce it. Um, but her her father is a fighter. Mm-hmm. He's uh, a taekwondo, a, a taekwondo, argue, uh, a world or a, a world champion. I think they refer to him as. They do refer to him as that. It does not seem like uh, he's that <laughs> big a deal, but that's yeah. what they that's what they say. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, uh, so, as I recall, he's, he's out of the game. He, uh, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't want to fight anymore. And then, um, Jesus Christ. And so <laughs> do you need, daughter, a, you need a hand? Yeah. I, I just got there. I, 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 think- I do my best with these, but yeah, his, <laughs> his daughter, um, uh, oh, God. Yeah. So <laughs> Because I don't okay? want to, I don't, I don't want to do the spoiler, but the spoiler is like the only, you know, well, like the big twist. But the the big twist, the only thing I cared about in this movie. His, his he, the beginning of the movie is him losing like a big tournament simultaneously, a woman dying during childbirth. Yeah, and um, he like knows it happens. Like the second that you hear the the flat line, he at yeah. the match, you know, however far away, just is like no. Yeah. Another reason why the beginning of this movie confused me so much um, is is that he, yeah he just fucking knows. I thought maybe it was his own birth. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess that doesn't make that much sense saying it out loud. But I thought that this was like his origin story simultaneously yeah. with like uh, the kind of background of him getting beat. But it's the birth of his daughter, and then he becomes a cop because he lost so bad and he's like a, a bad cop. He's a loose cannon. And this is where the movie lost me a little bit. Somehow he ends up getting tangled up with like, uh, like the underground sort of Taekwondo fighting rings. These like no holds barred kind of cage matches. Yeah. I, I don't know why he's doing those. I completely lost me uh how that happened yeah like i don't know if he's like because he's uh he's he's mixed up with some uh less than desirable characters yeah some Uh, shady fellas some shady fellas so i don't know if he had been coerced into these fights or if uh he was just like yeah i'll just do some underground no hard fights now i think it was like he was trying to reclaim his glory days because at the beginning uh he's in this bar and this dude who who he is is never explained it really um, is but he he speaks with this voice that has been like modulated like it's the movie is trying to hide his identity yeah and he he's basically like hey i can get you back into fighting and then disappears for like 30 minutes yeah and then all of a sudden he's fighting again so i th- think he just he like willingly got back into the the game yeah um, to, he mm-hmm. he disappeared for so long to where like i was almost questioning if that had happened chronologically like in the correct order yes i also it still am unsure if that happened <laughs> chronologically like where it is in the movie yeah. um because it does have there are some like flashbacks it's not like super non-linear but there's like some flashbacks in here and stuff that confused me a little bit once we were cutting into the flashbacks because there was no like segue there's nothing to let you know it was a flashback until it was like 
this guy being told that the mother of this child was dead. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess this yeah. is a flashback. Yeah. Yeah. That, that specific sequence, uh, I remember being like, Wait, what point in time are we in right now? Um, um, so simultaneously with all this going on, um, the little girl remembers it's her dad's birthday, the daughter. And goes to a grocery store. And um, like all kids who go to the grocery store completely alone do, she becomes friends with an adult woman, stranger. And it's just totally cool. Uh, She starts hanging out with this woman, like, daily. This woman brings her along to a date. Like, this is the little girl I met at the grocery store. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't this cool? Um, Don't you you like this little girl that I brought to our date? (laughs) And then uh, the big twist of the movie is that this woman who she meets at the grocery store randomly, randomly out of, out of absolutely fucking nowhere. And and I, before I say it, do you think this is like the most wild twist in one of these movies we've seen? <sighs> Arguably, yes. I think it, the it's. Old- Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah go ahead well it makes it hard to say because a lot of those Seagal movies we couldn't be sure if things were twists yeah <laughs> or like you knew that there was a twist but you just weren't sure what the <laughs> twist was yeah and I guess a credit to Clementine here is that it's very clear what the twist is yeah who 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 it affects and why it's a twist yeah all, all of these very specific attributes to a twist are present in Clementine um which you know we don't heap a lot of praise on movies that we watch on this podcast unfortunately but but <laughs> this is as high a praise as you're gonna get uh on on steven destroy it seems like anyway is that they uh they they did a twist that was actually a twist but yeah, well it certainly <laughs> was a twist yeah but it's uh it's pretty fucking insane yeah the lady she meets in the grocery store it turns out is actually the little girl's mom. Yeah. And what happened was the mom, so the nurse, and did she know this woman or was this woman just like the nurse who was going to deliver her baby? I think it was just like the nurse. So this nurse knew that the mom and dad weren't married and that she was going to raise this child as a single mother. So to spare her that... She took the daughter, uh, gave her to an orphanage, told the mom the daughter was dead, and then told the husband that the mom was also dead? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This fucking nurse, man. And, <laughs> which is, it like, ridiculous. Like, yeah, it's, that, it's that movie alone. There's a movie, a, uh, a literal Lifetime movie, actually pretty similar, that uh, I mentioned, I think, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, my baby was stolen. or who took my baby something along those lines that is an incredibly similar plot and is focused on um like the horror movie that's there of what of that happening to these people but not only did did all this happen but the mom and dad still live in like the same city incredibly close to each other and just somehow the this guy never found out that this woman was not dead and this woman like never sought out the dude you know yeah um i mean it makes no sense yeah um and we get one of my favorite parts about this movie undoubtedly is um 
the zooms. Mm-hmm. I love I love the zooms. This, in this movie's movie. incredibly dramatic. Unbelievably dramatic. And so the realization of this, the onset of of this information results in like what must be 6 to 8 minutes of them crying, reconciling, getting angry at each other. Um another great twist in all of this is that that she gets mad at at the at the guy she gets mad at the husband for um for leaving her and and uh she's able to deduce from the age of the child that he must have been with another woman and that that's why the child exists and it's just it's well that's before she realizes it's her daughter well yeah that's what i mean like this whole this whole like this whole build up to this is just uh incredible um yeah, it's it's insane. It makes absolutely no goddamn sense. Um, uh, it's Clementine, baby. There's there's some stuff I, I did like in here. Most of what I liked is stuff that I think just came from the fucked up subtitles. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to kind of go through and and because because I knew going in that there was going to be very little Seagal, and uh, about thirty to forty five minutes in, you kind of realize like because they keep talking about this dude Jack Miller. Yeah, uh, and how he was the guy that like uh, the dad could never beat, and yeah. so it becomes pretty clear <laughs> that the one American name that gets thrown around all the time is probably going to be Steven Seagal, yeah. and it's going to be like, well, this is going to be the big climax of the movie is his rematch with Steven. So I didn't take the same sort of notes that I usually do. I don't even have a full page. Yeah. Um, mainly, most of my notes are just question marks after every turn of the twist in the middle of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I have some stuff that I I did kind of like at the beginning when he's um like when we're first introduced to the guy and how he's a cop now he goes to break up some ring I like literally don't know what they were doing but I guess that they were I think they were selling drugs out of a casino does that sound right <laughs> Yeah, I think that sounds right. So he goes and he like breaks it up and then he starts smashing the slot machines with his bat yeah oh and, yeah oh i loved this i really like yeah. this too because <laughs> one of the like gangsters is just like why are you doing this they're just machines and he just keeps yeah. begging them they're just machines and the That's guy says is, yeah the guy yeah, says because i'm the fucking bastard and i'm the shitty cop <laughs> yeah. yeah um but yeah when, when when the guy's yelling uh they're just machines um, that was really the that was like the light bulb moment for me about the subtitles. Yeah, <laughs> for me it was specifically um, I'm the fucking bastard and I'm the shitty cop. Yeah. I figured like maybe the they're just machines could be kind of just uh, I don't know. This dude loves his slot machines, <laughs> yeah. but um, not my machines. You know, there's another really okay. So <laughs> there's uh this I I'm trying to think of the best way to even bring this up, but there's two scenes in this movie of this professor dude and this woman prosecutor oh yeah and the the first one the professor dude is uh based on the subtitles accused of being in the business <laughs> with a student <laughs> yeah yeah and that's that's when the subtitles for me i was just like okay also because the prosecutor is like i took off my glasses and when i take off my glasses it means i'm nervous but she's like really pissed <laughs> 
So yeah. something there didn't really add up. And then when yeah. she said you were in the business with her, I was like, uh, okay, something's not right here. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and then later, the same professor is back, and his son has like slept with a grown woman, and I think gotten her pregnant. His like teenage son. Yeah. Why, Dylan? Yeah, my, I mean, here's my question for you, Dylan. Yeah, here's my answer. Why? Well, I, I, I would also say why, like to eat, like either one of these scenes. Why I don't know why this prosecutor is like in the. I don't know why this professor is in the movie. Yeah, that's my question. Is why is this in the movie? Does this have anything to do with anything else that I somehow missed? Well. I suppose one way you could think about it is that um, this movie uh, has very little um, going on in it. There's not like t- uh, a lot of like, there's no like subplots in this movie, really. Like there is. I mean, yeah. There's, I mean, like, there's the yeah, family there's, drama, and then there's, there's like the family drama. The guys getting back into into fighting, and that's it. That is the only thing that's really going on here. Yeah. And so I don't know. Maybe they just felt like, well, we just we need to have some kind of world building here. We got we got to have something going on. So we'll have this prosecutor lady. That's the. Uh, I'm just doing my best trying to figure out why this prosecutor lady is involved. Um, because yeah. Uh, oh, and also in that first scene with the prosecutor, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Is um, when she. I, I, it, I don't think it's ever explicitly shown, but I, I guess she just like fucking hits the professor. Yeah, she hits uh, him for being in the business. For being in the business. And then the. Um, I don't know. I guess he's a cop outside the door. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't even write it down because I couldn't figure out how to like explain it to myself in my notes. <laughs> yeah. The cop outside the door was brilliant. Um, I loved him. Um, he just like opens the door and like checks to make sure that she's okay, and um, he just keeps doing it. He d- he keeps doing it. He's got this. I I I just don't. I don't know. I, and you're right. Like I don't know how to uh, necessarily explain like why what he's doing is so f- uh fucking weird and f- and funny. <laughs> um, but uh, our loyal listeners will just have to take my word for it. It's it's a, it's <laughs> just, it's a. <laughs> Just trust it's, us. It's just trust us. It's it's pretty goofy. Uh, he just keeps opening the door, and she gets like really fucking mad at him, um, to the point where like I thought this lady would be part of the movie, yeah, a little bit more. Cause, yeah, well, like, there's yeah. there's a couple women where I felt like um, they were setting up them to be love interests. Yeah, and one obviously being the stranger in the grocery store that certainly does end up being the guy's love interest when it's (laughs) revealed she's the mother of his child but uh at the very beginning when we first meet the daughter he goes to like a conference because she hit another kid for saying that she didn't have a mom right and uh at the end of that sequence which by the way it's like the parents and the two kids and then a teacher moderating except the teacher just does nothing the entire time she just sits there and lets this dude be mean to this little boy and his mother (laughs) for like (laughs) getting hit by his daughter although to be fair i guess the kid like kind of had it coming since he made fun of this little girl for having a dead mom (laughs) yeah so like it was a nuanced situation It was a nuanced but, situation that this teacher took a zero approach to. She didn't approach it at all. She just, like, lets it happen, and then the other family storms off, and the dad and his daughter are just sitting there, and he's just, like, making fun of them for being ugly. 
Yeah. And it like zooms in on the mobs or the teacher's face watching them. And she's just like smiling and laughing yeah. while he's just making fun of these, this she, other kid. She's loving it. She's loving and, it. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So they're like setting up that she's got a thing for this dad. And then teacher's gone. Yeah, forever. Teacher's gone. Never to um, be seen again. And then same thing with the prosecutor. I assume there had to be something there. Um, thought maybe like love interest or they'd be like teaming up to take somebody down. But, but no, she's just no. not in the movie. Yeah. There's uh, another thing I really liked is in that grocery scene where the <laughs> mother-daughter reunion unknowingly happens, the little girl tries to pay with coins at the counter, yeah. and the cashier will <laughs> not have it. She fucking <laughs> berates this girl. She... she that like tears into this little girl and she takes all the coins and she throws them away. Yeah. <laughs> she it's throws wild. them in the trash and she says, go count your coins at the back of the line and then throws them away. Yeah. She like takes all the little girl's groceries and, and like, like tosses them to the back of the fucking, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, the conveyor belt thing. I know there's a real term for that. I can't think of it. Um, but you know, uh, she just fucking tosses all of her groceries and she's like, fuck your coins and shit. And it's, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. And then the the mom comes up and defends the little girl. And the cashier's like, I'm sorry. I just, I, I was like, how do you, how do you justify tearing into a child for play, paying with coins? I was like in high school and I would pay for things in like quarters at, you know, like McDonald's. And they were just sort of like sure you know let's just let this kid do what he's doing this is like an eight-year-old girl and this woman's like did your mother raise you to pay with coins (laughs) yeah what kind of fucking idiot pays with coins and uh so the actual mom comes to defend the little girl the little girl says and this is what the subtitle says she's like it's all right shitty things happen yeah i liked that a lot that was what i was like uh something's not right with that so was a good right one. This. Uh, and, I did want to. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. Um, well, I might kind of jump ahead a little too. Far yeah, go here. for it. But uh, I, one of one of my uh, favorite moments, and so it's, it's a very small one, is uh, sort of the first time we see Steven mm-hmm. in the movie because he's like on this fucking like VHS tape or something. Like he, he's on this fucking TV, and he uh, he just looks like um, you can't like see his face for most of it. His his face is like silhouetted throughout a lot of it. And uh, he, it just looks like fucking like found footage of like, big, of, like a Bigfoot or something like <laughs> rare Seagal sighting. <laughs> like like he's some sort of fucking uh, international criminal that they have to to find and track down. If um, only, if only. But indeed, it is only Jack Miller, the uh, <laughs> the world uh, champion um, taekwondo fighter. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Stephen is in this movie. Um, yeah. basically, no way around it. The climax is that uh, for, again, I feel like this is, there's a lot of stuff we say on this podcast all the time. One of the biggest things being the phrase, we say this on the, all the time. Uh, it's true. But th- there's, uh, for some reason, <laughs> that, that's the thing we say all the time, is for some reason, uh, <laughs> he, the dad has to throw his big fight with Steven uh, they kidnap the daughter and they're they're gonna I don't know, I don't know do something bad <laughs> if um, he doesn't throw the fight and lose 
Yeah, yeah. I well, mean, they uh, they need mm-hmm. Steven to be the uh, the undisputed champion. Yeah, so they need him to defeat our main character. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kidnap his daughter uh, to as insurance, I suppose, to make sure that yeah. Jack Miller does not go down in the ring. Absolutely. And um, can you hear that siren? I can actually. Yeah, they're coming for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they heard you talking shit about Clementine. <laughs> they're coming for me. They're gonna arrest me. I'm gonna be charged with doing a bad podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're gonna um, they're gonna smash your computer. Okay. Um, <laughs> just gonna you, snap it in uh, half. Yeah, as you cry out, they're uh, stop it. They're only machines. <laughs> <laughs> there are podcasts on there. There are podcasts on there. I am um, the bastard cop. <laughs> yeah, that's um, what he said. <laughs> I'm the shitty cop who hates the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, anyway, what we're talking yeah. about, Steve, Steve. Yeah, Steve, Steven, Steven Seagal, he's in the movie. He is the bad guy, sort of, not really. Um, the biggest crime this movie commits is having the climax of this movie be our protagonist has to beat Steven Seagal in a fight. Yep. And um, us not getting to see Steven get the shit beat out of him. <laughs> Yeah, we get like one kick to the face at the very end, and that's uh, that's all we see of it. Yeah, it freeze frames. Freeze it frames. Taunts Very us. disappointing. I, Very disappointing. Because obviously, what happens? Well, maybe this isn't obvious because <laughs> <laughs> obviously the mom's been dating a cop who's after some people for money laundering who happen to be involved in the rigged fight. And so they're able to rescue the daughter together. Maybe that's not obvious, but obviously they're, the daughter gets rescued and then she shows up at the fight and the dad's like down and out and, you know, he's about to be done. And then he hears the daughter screaming and knows she's okay and he can fight back. And that's all obvious. So I was like getting through this movie, waiting to see this dude beat the shit out of Steven and that it does not happen. And what we are led to believe, because, again, he's like, he gets it back. He's like, oh, wait, my daughter's okay. I'm going to kick Steven Seagal in the face. Freeze frame. Cut to this man's in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. So here's a question. Did he win? Uh, I, I, I do believe he did not. I do believe Steven beat this man <laughs> into the hospital. Yeah. Uh, because um, yeah. later he comes and he gives the guy the belt as like a, you are the rightful like champion because i won because you were throwing it steven says i didn't know they kidnapped your daughter yeah so he gives him the belt which leads me to believe the guy did not win on his own steven had to relinquish it so i do think he did not even win yeah so um which makes sense because i think that there is a zero percent chance steven would have been in this movie if he was like just getting the shit kicked out of him at the end and that was it and he was done oh yeah steven definitely has a uh take no l's clause in his contract yeah um, there's no doubt about this yeah it, like even at the end he doesn't like he's not a bad guy he's like literally like a very a pretty good dude maybe not very <laughs> yeah he's a pretty good dude though he goes and he gives him the the belt and um they have this weird interaction where the dad's like taekwondo is a state of mind and steven's just like thank you (laughs) yeah 
Um, there's also another line that Stephen delivers that I had to rely on the subtitle for. Yes. He, he said it so quietly that I couldn't understand what he said. Yes, he absolutely, he goes and he brings the, the belt and he says like, I didn't know they kidnapped your daughter. And then the next thing he says is just something like, this is for you or I brought this for you. And yeah, he, he says it so quietly. <laughs> yeah. That luckily we have the subtitles on. Otherwise I would not know he had spoken. There's just like the, a little whisper, a little faint wind blowing out of his mouth. Yeah, and so like Clementine, uh, uh, I feel like Clementine has the benefit to where like, uh, assuming the movie was released in South Korea, that they were gonna have to subtitle Stephen anyway, so mm-hmm. that they didn't have to ask somebody to come in to do a Stephen voice. That's um, true. Because this is probably the difference between Clementine and you know this little moment in Clementine and like the entirety of I think the last movie we watched, where. Uh, I have to imagine that we got a little glimpse there into what uh, any uh, crew has to deal with when uh, putting together a Steven Seagal movie where they, they, they take a look at the dailies and they're like, holy fuck, I cannot <laughs> understand a single thing he said today. <laughs> I I cannot tell you how much more I think I would enjoy these movies if they didn't dub over Steven. <laughs> yeah. So there was just so many lines where his mouth moves and you just can't hear what he's saying. Yeah, and and obviously like that would the Patriot. Yeah, and and that would benefit. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about the Patriot. Uh, that would benefit us a lot, but you have to imagine that there is somebody on the set of every Seagal movie that like wants to make a good movie, and so they feel like they have to they have to do something. They can't just even direct to DVD. They couldn't let themselves put out this movie where they couldn't understand a single thing that their leading actor said. Yeah, I guess uh, that's fair. <laughs> but boy, would I love it. Me personally. Yeah. I would enjoy that quite a lot. I would be really on board. And uh, I think, yeah, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be worried about like the, the people who are doing sound on set that day. Yeah. <laughs> like getting fired. So you'd be like, I can't hear what he fucking says. Like, I swear we did everything right. We mic'd him up good. Yeah. We're doing everything good. He's just, it's not our fault. He just whispers. He, I think he like mouthed some of the words today on set. <laughs> I think he didn't know what the words were, so he just didn't say them. Yeah, he, he just couldn't assumed, pronounce them. He just assumed we'd have our resident Seagal impression, impressionist <laughs> fill it in for him. He didn't actually even speak. He just sort of moved his mouth for us. He said uh, the Latin in post. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, and then... I think we have to get to the craziest part of this entire movie. Or maybe not craziest, but certainly the most uncomfortable for me personally. Uh, uh, say it. Say it. Don't spray it, man. Do you know what I'm talking about? I have an idea, but I, 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 uh, I want to hear it. Well, did you, as soon as you saw that credits were about to roll, did you turn the movie off? <laughs> um, pretty much, yeah. So did you see the little after credits scene thing? I saw that there was one, and I just, I, I, to be honest, I didn't bother with it. Stephen, so, Stephen, Stephen wasn't in it, and so, I was like, this feels too extracurricular for me. So as soon as the like credits started rolling, because the way it, like, it, it ends is um, cut to credits, and then the little girl is like direct addressing the audience, and you turned it off. You did not hear what she had to say. I did not hear what she had to say, no. Fuck, I should have written it down, because it, isn't, it makes no sense. Uh, because of the subtitles for the most part yeah but it's just like you all know me you all know how much i love i just want to say seagal i love you oh 
That sucks. And then it cuts to this footage of like these like little kids doing Taekwondo. And she gives a whole speech about how more or less we need to live in harmony and how she cries every time she sees people be mean to each other or be poor. <laughs> and how much better it would be if we all lived in harmony. Yeah. And it's wild. The most wild part, though, is that little girl being like, Seagal, I love you. And then she like starts cackling. And she's like, I can't believe I said it. It's <laughs> weird. It is weird. That's pretty I think, good. I think all of our movies need to end with uh, people direct addressing the audience about Steven Seagal. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe that's how we'll end the podcast. We'll 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 do a we'll do we'll an direct address our audience for the first <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah, because we never talk to the audience, of course. Yeah, no, they need to do like I mean, what they need to do is like a Disney Plus like uh, Song of the South sort of <laughs> <laughs> sort of like disclaimer, but yeah. That's Clementine, really. I mean, again, it has less Steven than I think any movie we've seen so far. Yeah. Maybe I... if we're talking like... Giant. Yeah, if we're talking like minutes on screen, the character Steven Seagal plays might be on screen more. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But I think we get more like Steven. He absolutely talks more in My Giant. And I think just has more to do. I think that this is the least Steven we've ever gotten so far. Yeah. Which was nice. Yes. I mean, the movie itself is just like not good still. Yeah. I, I, it is. Um, it, it, there are certain sequences in the movie that border on like uh, uh, being a train wreck. Um, and again, like I, I <clears throat> the, the movie is an hour and 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I can't stress how much of that hour and forty minutes is just shots of people crying. Yeah, it's um, it's a lot. <laughs> it's so much. And so when they did, and I I also remember when they did that little flashback sequence of the mother dying during, not dying during childbirth, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they have this unbelievably dramatic score underneath of everybody crying. Yeah, that dramatic score comes in a couple times. Yeah, um, well, they, well, they kind of just hard cut it out when they do the flashback, yeah. and then they bring it back in full blast as soon as they're crying again in present day, and uh, it's pretty jarring. Uh, you're like, oh shit, it, we're doing this again. Um, so yeah, there's a great deal of crying in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I think pure construction of a movie. I mean, it's it's got to be one of the better things we've seen in a while. I mean, it really it really has to be right unquestionably one of the best things we've seen in a while um but even then i i it's it's still not good i think that when i i I should really and we had the same issue with executive decision Mm -hmm. where we were like we should be so relieved to have such little steven but the movie itself is just still so not good that we're like i'd rather have something with steven that was over the top insane yeah and of course those over-the-top insanes like an out for a kill or an out for (laughs) justice yeah if it starts with out for we're in good shape that week yeah uh but not out of yeah out out of of, then we're we're in a little bit of trouble then we're out of luck but if it's out (laughs) if it's out for um (laughs) a justice well no I i was trying to think of like a like a little rhyme you know like, oh, um, if it if it's 
out for your <laughs> high score. Okay, yeah, if it's out for high score, but if it's out of no love. No love. And that's been Stephen Destroy. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. Because we do have a brand new segment. A very special guest this week. A very special guest, a brand new segment. It's time for the debut of the Stephen Destroy Hubie Halloween update. I'm going to put theme music over that. Oh, there's real theme music! Oh, shit! Let's go. Halloween update. That's fucking right. Love that. Steven Destroy Hubie Halloween update. God, that got me fucking hype, dude. All right. So, uh, did you watch Hubie Halloween? Yeah. I'd say yeah. I took in Hubie Halloween. How did you how um how hard did you go on watching Hubie Hubie, Hubie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited to talk about Hubie Halloween. I'm, I would I'm say like spitting. I would say that like 70%. Wait, what does that mean? That means that I, I, cons- I, I let the movie happen to me, but I did not pay the greatest deal of attention to Hubie Halloween. I'm, okay. ready to, I'm ready to talk about Hubie Halloween. I know what happened. I know who's in it. I know what <laughs> characters they played. But uh, I wouldn't say that I'm, I am the expert, Mark. I'm, okay. Uh, I'm, a little, I'm a little less than an expert on Hubie Halloween. Okay, got it. Um, I went pretty whole hog. I took some notes. I uh, I was I was just excited to do this for something a little different. Yeah. <laughs> um, arguably very different feeling from anything we've watched so far. Um, wow. Well, we this are... is also this is also kind of the debut of our Happy Madison cast. This is. It's a little. Uh, it's like the pilot. We're we're doing like a like a backdoor pilot. Yeah. It's a two part episode this week. Yeah. Um, but we're not, we're, we're saving the trivia and the sentencing for Clementine to the end. So that way people have to watch or listen. Yeah. You have no our, choice. Uh, yeah. They have to listen through. Um, <coughs> they can, yeah, that's it. No uh-huh. fast forwarding. No, uh, no, it's against the rules around here. Uh, yeah. Um, but as, as part of the Steven destroy Hubie Halloween update, we've definitely talked Sandler before. Uh, obviously on the SNL episode, and then I think it's just sort of come up enough to where it doesn't feel absolutely insanely out of nowhere for us to just derail our podcast to talk about Hubie Halloween. Yeah, I, I think that Adam Sandler and Happy Madison at large has been sort of a, a, a specter uh, sort of moving across all of the episodes. Um, I, I think that Adam Sandler's presence is, uh, you know, relatively prominent as far as people who this podcast is not about uh goes Uh, yeah i would agree with that um this movie was directed by somebody named steven brill so if you're a real diehard um you know it's still steven destroy baby it's just steven brill yeah we we never told you which steven we would talk about yeah we never we never said for sure 
it's still Steven. We're talking some Steven Brill movies, so you don't have to. Yeah. Um, Adam Sandler. Let's talk uh, about the man. Let's talk about the man, because I think that's sort of relevant. I will go first about kind of my experience with him. Sure. Because honestly, I have really not seen a lot of what is considered like... The canon? Yeah, the canon. Um, I think Sandler, I really, I think uh, Punch Drunk Love is a big one. I have always fondly remembered Funny People and actually rewatched that the other day, kind of prompted by Hubie Halloween. Uh, and I still adore that movie and punch drunk love um i think those are both the best movies by their directors which is i think a wild paul thomas anderson take but it's the one i have um uncut gems didn't love it as much as a lot of people but i still thought it was really good and he's good in it and then otherwise i i really have not seen i don't think that much of the sort of like comedy the more traditional comedy sandler um I think I am, I'm actually going to go through his filmography and just name the ones I've seen because it's not going to actually take that much time. Great. Um, Airheads, which I remember liking. <clears throat> and then I have seen Happy Gilmore, but I don't remember it very well. Um, I saw like half of You Don't Mess with the Zohan in theaters. I saw it with uh, two friends and their mom. <laughs> Because we're we're uh, children, so I was in like sixth grade when you don't mess with the Zohan came out, <laughs> and so uh, I saw the friend and their the mom, and she made us leave halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> and um, did see Pixels. Don't remember too much about Pixels except that Kevin James played the president of the United States of America. Yeah, and, I, and, I um, do remember that as well. I remember how when that movie came out in 2015, Kevin James playing the president of the United States seemed wild. Yep. Um, whereas now I would absolutely kill. I would pay any amount of money to see Kevin James in a literal president of the United States biopic as Donald Trump. Absolutely. I would kill for Kevin James as Donald Trump. I would just biopic. kill for Kevin James in most scenarios to be, to be totally real. Uh, kill kill for him in the sense of like <laughs> like if he asked you to yeah well I, and i just mean to say that um <clears throat> kevin james i've noticed in some of the uh just sort of sandler adjacent content that i have taken in over the years of people talking about adam sandler and the actors that he works with uh kevin james i've noticed tends to get relegated to the schneider tier of things and uh they're like he just you know uh is just there for for adam sandler movies and he sucks and everything and i fucking hate kevin james and this, this seems to be a thing i see about kevin james and i'm just here to say man the gimmick just works on me it just it does i think kevin james is funny uh a good not all the time but even the movies that people hate him for like paul blart mall cop i have a real good time watching that movie and i had a good time watching him in hubie halloween and it's just it is what it is okay it just i i'm not ashamed of it anymore i think kevin james is kind of funny so that's, I, all, that's all i'm gonna say i 100 percent agree i think that that is i kind of i kind of get what you're coming from about that about him being kind of regarded as like just a hanger on which is wild because he's like really the only one that still leads his own movies. It's true. Um, I don't think he's like necessarily a great actor. 
Um, but he definitely just like commits mm-hmm. and he always commits. And I think that he gives off just sort of like a, um, a genuine vibe, I guess. Um, uh, same with Sandler, um, sure. that I think kind of makes their stuff more watchable, even if they aren't necessarily being like, uh, funny. <laughs> yeah. Which, the, which happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially with, with, uh, with Sandler for me. Cause I, it's the, the voices, the Sandler voices, they're a lot for me. Yes. I, I, this is the first, he doesn't do a voice in Happy Gilmore, right? Uh, not really. No. Yeah. So this is the first Sandler I've seen where he does a voice. Um, I can actually wrap it up because I forgot about the Meyerowitz stories, the Noah Baumbach movie. Yep. He's in, and he's very good in that. And I like that movie. Yes. I, I and really then, like that movie. Um, comedy wise, the only other comedy from him I've seen is I did see murder mystery with oh. Jennifer Aniston. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> hey man, it happens. So sometimes, sometimes you're just hanging around and it's time to watch murder mystery. And like I was looking through his filmography for this just right now and saw Murder Mystery and was like, oh yeah, that's a movie that existed and I watched it. Yeah. I think I just like middle of the day, like I'm gonna watch some some something stupid and fall asleep during it, and then I think I didn't fall asleep, which might yeah. be the best thing I could say about it because I don't really <laughs> remember anything else. Yeah. But that's it. That's my experience with Sandler. Um I've seen bits and pieces of some of like of a lot of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um Jack and Jill, I know I've seen parts of. I desperately would like to watch it. Um, I, I'm in the same boat with Jack and Jill. I've seen I've seen little bits of it. Oh, I'm actually now realizing what I'm looking at is a f- partial filmography because it's missing one movie that I just remembered exists. That's my boy. That's my boy. I've seen that. That's my boy. That oh, see now, now I'm seeing some stuff here that I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot this movie existed. I ha- I did see Little Nicky in like middle school, and I liked it. Yeah. Um. But I think that that is still going to be accurate yeah. of what I've seen from him now. Looking through the rest of his filmography, <clears throat> I know I've seen parts of That's My Boy, but for the most part, yeah, I don't really have a lot of experience with like comedy Sandler, and I've never really gotten it that much. Yeah. Um, well, I'm in yeah. a I'm in a I'm in a different boat. Um, not necessarily on the not getting it, um, but uh, my experience with with the man Adam Sandler, uh, perhaps a bit different. In that uh, I, I am definitely one of those uh, uh, one of those kids. I was one of those kids that uh, watched any Adam Sandler I could possibly get my my hands on when I was uh, when I was a young lad. And so, you know, I've been I've been reading through the IMDb here, and uh, I think I've I've seen a great deal of the classics uh, <laughs> uh, of of the canonical. Well, let's, let's continue this trend of uh, great audio, wonderful yeah. podcasting, guaranteed to get us an, an iHeartRadio podcast award, which we're going to get, and just list off uh, every Adam Sandler movie you've seen. <laughs> well, well, now that you've prompted me to it. Uh, yeah, I mean, Matt, Billy Madison, Gil, Happy Gilmore, Wedding Singer. I used to really like The Wedding Singer. Uh, my my understanding is that that's like one that kind of holds up that people still regale as being some of his best work. Yeah, The Wedding Singer is pretty good. Uh, the Water Boy. Uh, that's a big Adam uh, Sandler voice uh, movie. Yeah, the big voice ones are are Billy Madison, uh, The Water Boy, and, and Hubie Halloween. Nikki. 
and then Hubie Halloween, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I've seen uh, I've seen Big Daddy. I did not see Little Nicky though. And I've I, actually I, never I, seen Punch Drunk Love. <laughs> Uh, I haven't seen a lot of his good movies, actually. Um, <laughs> I've seen Mr. Deeds. Uh, my first introduction ever to anger uh, to Jack Nicholson was Anger Management. Uh, okay. I've seen, I've seen Fifty First Dates. I've seen The Longest Yard. I've seen Click. Uh, I've seen maybe half of Funny People. I've seen Grown Ups. I saw Just Go With It in fucking theaters. Powerful. I saw That's My Boy in theaters. Powerful. Um, I have not seen Grown Ups 2. Uh, I have not seen Blended. I think this is when I stopped. I've seen Pic- Pixels because I think we watched that together. Yeah. Um, and then I've seen the Meyerowitz stories. Uh, and one last little bit on um, Just Go With It, which I famously saw in theaters. Our, our audience may <laughs> remember. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get the release date uh, on this on this film. I don't know if IMDb has this, but I specifically remember seeing this for my birthday this was this was my big celebration in 2011 was that i went to go see just go with it um so one might say i have a long history with uh with adam sandler movies yeah well you're you're a resident um sandhead yeah some of these movies a few of these movies i've probably seen five or six times um, powerful <laughs> again we would go on long road trips when i was a kid and uh we i only had a few dvds and uh, Mr. Deeds, Big Daddy, and The Water Boy were three of them. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I've seen quite a few of these. So I, I do have a bit of a soft spot for Adam Sandler. I've gone through ebbs and flows with him because I, not too long after Just Go With It uh, and That's My Boy. That's My Boy was probably the last time uh, I, th- I wanted to see Just Go With It and then my family wanted to make me go see That's My Boy and then after to that, punish you yeah to punish me they were like no it's gonna be fun it's gonna be funny you're just being a grumpy teenager and, yeah uh, and well, when that movie came true. out too I feel like um, you know you could have been convinced because of Andy Samberg sure you know mm-hmm. I think that that I didn't again I didn't see it but I feel like when it came out I kind of wanted to it kind of tricked me a little sure um so, but yeah, that's my boys really where it kind of stopped for me. And then, uh, we recently had Meyerowitz stories and, um, uncut gems and uncut gems is really sort of the, the, the recapitulation of Adam Sandler, uh, amongst, uh, movie fans, I guess. And, and to where like everybody has to reconcile again with the fact that Adam Sandler's really good when he, when he feels like it. Um, and so it got me thinking about it for sure. And I think that's you know probably part of why I've been so uh, been chomping at the bit to talk about Sandler on the podcast um, because I do I, I I do find Adam Sandler to be fascinating and fun to talk about, um, and so yeah that brings me to Hubie Halloween which I think is the first Adam Sandler comedy movie I have watched since That's My Boy. Well, Pixels. Oh yeah, Pixels. And um. Yeah, I mean, again, this is, I think, like, out of the more kind of traditional Sandler, it's like this and Happy Gilmore, and that's it for me. And I guess Little Nicky. I keep forgetting about Little Nicky. Yeah. <laughs> I did see Little Nicky. Um, and, and I'll be the first one to say it. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> it's just, like, it's fine. Yeah. Um, it's watchable. It's definitely watchable. It is infinitely more watchable than... Uh, Clementine. M- absolutely i was gonna say most if not any 
of these Steven Seagal movies we have watched. Yeah, okay. So here's a question. And here's a good place for us to set the sort of the the ground floor for this movie for Hubie Halloween. Is there mm-hmm. any Steven Seagal movie out of the 21 weeks of Steven Seagal movies that we have partaken in? Is there a single one that you would watch before you would watch Hubie Halloween? I think that there are absolutely some that I like would watch over Hubie Halloween if I wasn't this is going to be very weird, but if I wasn't given a choice. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It's like you got you got two movies on the shelf. Your Seagal movie, any Seagal movie ever besides mm-hmm. Machete. Besides Machete. <laughs> right. or Well, that we've seen so far. That we've seen so far, yeah. Any Seagal movie ever up until 2004 or Hubie Halloween. Those are the only two DVDs you have. Um, I honestly, I don't, I don't think so maybe under siege 2 i'm a noted under siege 2 head yep i i would say under siege 2 is a maybe if i'm in the mood for an action movie enough (laughs) enough to do it Mm -hmm. um but otherwise i feel like i would go hubie halloween over really any of them yeah um yeah i i'm inclined to agree um hubie halloween It'll put a smile on your face. Couple couple of scenes in this movie, you might find yourself smiling. You might find yourself laughing at one or two jokes in this movie. I absolutely laughed at uh, one or two jokes. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. A, I'm in a similar boat. We'll have to we'll have to dig into the movie a little bit before I remember which jokes I laughed at. <laughs> okay, but I did laugh at a, at a few jokes in this movie. Uh, uh, so well, yeah. let's Hubie. Let's let's go in it. Uh, spoilers for Hubie Halloween. Yeah, this is the first time we've talked about a movie that's contemporary. Well, ah, fuck it. This, this not going to come out until like April, so this won't be contemporary when you hear it. But yeah, I know. <laughs> Where the fuck are they talking about Hubie Halloween? Yeah, yeah. Well, after it sweeps the fucking Oscars this year, everybody's going to have seen it. So yeah, yeah. Um, so the do you want to you want to do the plot? You want to take the plot? Every time I ask you to do that, you struggle, but... <laughs> I, yeah, I... You know, I could, but it's fucking Hubie Halloween, man. It's 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 an Adam Sandler movie. You know, I, I don't know exactly how to describe Hubie. To, That's to, fine. To start out with. As a I character? Mean, as a character. I, um, I don't know exactly how... And I told you, I only 70% of this movie, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't know exactly how to describe Hubie. He's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> what would you describe Hubie as? Um, kind of an outcast. He's a little bit of a, a goody two shoes. Doesn't fit in. Awkward. Kind of a, a man child. You know, I think he fits a pretty standard uh, Adam, Adam Sandler, Sandler <laughs> yeah. archetype of a grown man with the mind of a child. Yeah. Uh, he's obsessed with Halloween. Obsessed with safety. Yeah. Um, and obsessed big... with safety on Halloween. Yes, absolutely. Um, everybody in the entire town of Salem, Massachusetts, where it occurs, is um, incredibly mean to him. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> in the entire town, except for his mother and uh, Julie Bowen, who he went to elementary school with and is obsessed with. Um, everybody else in this entire town hates Hubie with a passion. Yeah. They fucking despise Hubie Halloween. Um, his last name's not Halloween, it's it's Dubois, but 
Uh, it may as well be. I'm going to refer to him as Hubie Halloween for the rest of the podcast. That's he's that's yeah. That is basically his name. Um, let's. You know what? You know what would be fun. What would be fun? Let's not tackle this movie through the plot, but okay. instead through the cast list. Okay. All right. So yeah, that's that would that's, be fun. That would be fun, and that is fine with me. All but, right. So. Uh, you'll never guess who the first person credited on um, IMDb is for Hubie Halloween. After Adam Sandler, you mean? No, I I, I just meant in general. It's Adam Sandler. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was doing some of our classic um, sardonic humor. Yeah, the people love us for that. Yeah. Um, he's fine. <laughs> I don't really like the voice. Um, it feels very uncomfortable to me when he plays a character like this and then also gives them a kind of uh unusual patois (laughs) yeah um kind of a thing to tiptoe around that i'm just gonna kind of outright say is it it feels to me like this movie is kind of ableist yeah and it, it makes it tough uh just because that's like Sandler really leans into that. You really kind of would have to do a lot of like bending to not <laughs> feel a little uncomfortable with it sometimes. Yeah, um, uh, it, it's um, it's very uh, similar to a movie you haven't seen. Uh, the as, Water Boy. Uh, no. Well, yes, <laughs> uh, but yes, but also Billy Madison. Yeah, it was my next guess. Um, and I haven't seen those movies in a very long time, but uh, my recollection of them is that they are in Hubie Halloween territory uh, with with that type of uh, stuff. Yeah, it, it's it's tough. I feel like you really can do everything you do with this character, and Adam Sandler could have just sort of spoken normal. Yeah, um, he kind of like uses having a weird voice as a uh, crutch and like he doesn't have to really do as much like acting otherwise yeah because he's already doing this weird voice uh um, this is undoubtedly where like the laziness of adam sandler uh comes yeah. in, comes into play this is where the like you know he's not here to to act <laughs> he's yeah. he, he's here to do a funny voice and get and get paid well i am looking through my notes because i wrote down what made me kind of laugh or chuckle mm-hmm. um and it looks to me, you know what I got? I think I got one. One of my laughs was from Sandler. I was going to say, I don't think he ever actually made me laugh, but I got one from him. Mm. Um, he does a little speech at the school, the mm. local school. <laughs> yep. The local schoolhouse about everybody being safe on Halloween. And at one point, uh, one of Hubie's many uh, hilarious traits and quirks is that he's very easily scared yes and at one point uh there's a kid who's got a bunch of zombie makeup on uh, some ridiculous like obviously it's a movie so everybody's costume is like really good unless it's like the joke is that it's not right this kid's zombie makeup is like walking dead tier <laughs> yeah this dude <laughs> this kid went all out uh so he like turns to face adam sandler or I think maybe has a question. I'm not sure, but he starts talking. Adam Sandler sees it and screams, "Burn him!" <laughs> and starts screaming about burning the kid. Yeah, and the kid starts crying, and Adam Sandler's like, "No, I'm sorry." And I, I, I got a little. Uh, I wrote down snort <laughs> next to it. Yeah. So you know, not not quite a laugh, but definitely like a snort 
from it. And that that was kind of Adam Sandler. Kind of just, you know, the kid crying. It's a good bit. It's a classic bit. Yeah. But uh, I, I got a little snort from it. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, one of the one of the laughs I, I had in this movie that I, I almost consider to be... Uh, I almost consider this like I, I took an L in this movie. Okay. Like, I, I shouldn't have... I shouldn't have laughed at this. No, I, I get what you mean. I kind of have one of those. Um, there was a I got there was a laugh that I got that like shocked me. Yeah, uh, this was one for me, um, which is that uh, Adam Sandler. Um, it's established early in the movie uh, that Adam Sandler's mother um, purchases this this shirt. Um, mm-hmm. That says uh, from the thrift store. Yeah, uh, from the thrift store for fifty cents. That says boner donor on it. Very funny. Uh, I did not laugh at this, but uh, it does. There is another scene with his mother uh, and and uh, a friend of his uh, of his mother's, uh, where they're both wearing shirts like this, and the shirts individually say, "I shaved my balls for this, and it's not gonna lick itself." with an arrow down to the crotch and i'm just i'm just gonna be real with you dude it made me laugh i i uh, i chuckled i read okay. i read those I, t-shirts and i was like i can't help it that's pretty funny <laughs> i i laughed as you said that i didn't even i missed that <laughs> yeah. so it got it got a laugh out of me as you said it yeah. so you know it happens mm-hmm. um <laughs> there's Next up, Kevin James, who we've already kind of touched on, we like. Yes. He plays the, I don't know if he's like the sheriff of Salem or like uh, maybe just a uh, higher up cop. Yeah. Uh, But he looks like Dog the Bounty Hunter. (laughs) He sure does. (laughs) And um, the movie starts off with this psycho escaping from the local asylum. Yeah. And I guess it was a guy that Kevin James testified against. So he spends most of the movie either being afraid of the psycho coming to kill him and people in the town or uh, being irritated by Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he's I, it's not like he really has all that much to do, honestly. Um, yeah. He, most of most of what he is is kind of a, like a straight man to Adam Sandler, just getting irritated by him. Yeah. I did really like his dog, the bounty hunter outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks like a werewolf <laughs> that does not transform in the movie. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, it's, uh, Kevin James, very goofy looking in this movie. Uh, and again, yeah. it just works on me. Like when, yeah. when Kevin James is, is dressed up like a cop with a funny hairdo, I'm, I'm kind of all about it. I'm, I, he, I'm, he I'm is just like, go- he's, he's just like, a warm he's like a warm hug yes i like seeing him on the screen he makes me feel comfortable yep i you know <clears throat> uh, i watch kevin bit. james in a movie feel like i'm being spooned um, yeah julie bowen as violet valentine yeah uh hubie's crush and you, she also adopts a bunch of kids and you as a uh if, I, if i'm not uh mistaken you you have not seen happy gilmore I I have, but I don't remember it. Okay, well, she's the the love interest in Happy Gilmore as well. Really? Yeah. I thought I recognized oh. her, and I was like, she looks like the love interest from Happy Gilmore, and she is. I just know her from um, 
modern family oh, okay. and, ha- and horrible bosses because my brain is weird so i do remember her being in horrible bosses that's f- i have seen horrible bosses and i i can't remember her from horrible bosses that's fine i think she's kevin spacey's wife um oh well yeah, yeah they, to, they kill gotta, uh, you gotta bleep that out yeah <laughs> bleep that out yeah <laughs> well they kill him anyway spoiler alert that's true that's why you can still watch horrible bosses yeah, horrible bosses is okay <laughs> um <laughs> horrible boss because he's a bad guy yeah horrible boss is not not canceled um is that why you can't watch the usual suspects because he's a bad guy and he doesn't die yes actually okay um and it's the same reason you can't watch baby driver right because he's a good guy he does die but he's a good guy so it's gotta hit both right you gotta check both boxes are we allowed to watch Um, machete what i is machete a um uh is machete a weinstein company movie oh almost certainly yeah um sorry we have to skip that week then yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we're not watching anything that involves anybody who's done horrible horrible things yep um anyway um really derailed my thought process <laughs> oh julie bowen julie bowen she's fine she's fine yeah um her it turns out that she also is in love with hubie and i don't know if this comes off the wrong way but i am just gonna say it that is weird to me and it makes me uncomfortable (laughs) i (laughs) she does say she says one thing in the movie that's that's really uh goofy um which I, i forget what hubie says uh but she is like really overtly just like like f- she is fuck so, me, Hubie. Like from she the beginning, she's so horny for Hubie Halloween throughout this entire movie. <laughs> yeah, Hubie just says some like run of the mill Hubie shit, some like regular Adam Sandler shit. I don't even remember what he says. And she just he made. I think it's. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's, is it when he makes the like crosswords or whatever for I, I, the kids waiting in line to like get into the Halloween party? I I I, I can't recall. Maybe, but Hubie says something, and she just. She just turns around and looks at Hubie and just stops in her tracks. Like, God, I love the way you phrase things. <laughs> and that 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 freaked me out. I had to write that one down. I was like, the way it's, he phrases what? <laughs> it's not- it is. It's just I. I. It's weird to me because he is very much a grown man with the mind of a child. Yeah. And he. It just comes off to me as weird that she is so horny for him when his 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 brain. <laughs> Um, just isn't quite as mature as I think a grown woman should be into. It kind of feels to me like either she's going to kind of be taking advantage of Hubie or maybe fetishizing Hubie a little bit. Yeah. And it just makes me uncomfortable. I feel like they're like Hubie, the, the like arc of Hubie should not be Hubie's going to get laid, but like, Hubie's going to make some friends and the town is going to learn to accept him and love him. And that is ultimately what happens. But there's also that whole thing about how Hubie's totally going to get laid. And I do not like that one bit. Yeah. Uh, it makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah. Maya Rudolph makes a whole big deal about that. Yes. No, they, they a couple people do like throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Um, and it is a staple of these movies. It is a staple of a Sandler movie that, uh, because again, this is a very similar character to uh, uh, good old Bobby Boucher in The Water Boy, and uh, 
and to i think billy madison i think that's just his name and billy madison one would assume i do believe yeah um you know he 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 uh he gets late at the end of those movies too uh very important uh i think he i think he bangs his teacher in billy madison if i'm not mistaken uh i think i think that he helps her that, that she helps him study for like some test and to uh to help him study she uh every time he gets an answer right he uh, she takes her uh, more of her clothes off i think that that's a scene in billy madison but at one point they get to the point where they think you're gonna see the the ladies babums and it's uh it's chris mm-hmm. farley it's chris farley taking his shirt off um i do remember that uh <laughs> i don't remember much from billy madison okay but i do remember chris farley getting naked <laughs> okay hey man billy madison Hey, what are we yeah. doing? What are we doing? A Happy Madison podcast? I guess it's right now. Um, yeah, I mean, we're just gonna we're just gonna to pilot. We're just gonna pivot after this week. We're gonna start over at Billy Madison. Well, like every week, we're gonna start doing one cigar and one uh, Happy Madison, and then it'll be start being every other week. It's one cigar. Next week's Happy Madison, and then eventually it'll just all be Happy Madison. Yeah, and we'll we'll have to see whether it was worth it. Yeah. So. Anyway. Um, um, Ray Liotta as uh, Mr. Land- Landolfa. And here's here's on the Wikipedia page, this is how the character is described. Not all of the characters get those descriptions, but he is um, Mr. Landolfa, a rude man who recently lost his father. Those are all true. Those are, yeah. those are true, factual attributes of Mr. Ray Liotta in this movie. Yeah, basically, he's just mean to Hubie. <laughs> A good amount of these uh, kind of characters, the way we could describe them is just, they're just mean to Hubie. Yeah. Um, I think that part of, because I, I got to talk real quick about how mean everybody is to Hubie. And so... really mean to Hubie. Everybody. So <clears throat> a few things I want to discuss here. One, this is a very brief thing. Uh, there's some children. I mean, all the children bully him. Um, but there are... Except for Julie Bowens. Except for Julie Bowens. But there are a couple of children in the movie, notably, that bully him. The O'Doyles. Now, James, I know you're a little bit less of a Happy Madison uh, connoisseur, uh, such as I. But the uh, the O'Doyles are uh, a recurring joke in uh, Adam Sandler comedy movies. Uh, again, really? Again, I think referring back to Billy Madison. Um, as I recall, the O'Doyles are very mean to Billy Madison. And then I think that their car slips on a banana peel and they fall off of a cliff and they all die in a horrible accident. If I'm not mistaken, I think that that's their arc in Billy Madison, that they're mean to, so, to Billy Madison <laughs> and then die. Does that mean that this, that, that, um, chronologically Hubie Halloween is a prequel to billy madison if their entire line is killed off and the bloodline stops <laughs> in billy madison does that mean that hubie halloween takes place before billy madison arguably yeah and then that means that that hubie and billy uh coexist in in uh the same canonical universe uh, i don't right. i don't know and, if there are other uh, i can't think off the top of my head if there are other happy madison movies that feature the o'doyles but the uh the o'doyles are a a big joke uh in in the sandler canon i do know from the imdb trivia apparently ben stiller who yes. has like a short cameo at the beginning yes. as an orderly at the asy- asylum that's He's... happy gilmore right yeah yeah apparently that character's from happy gilmore yes he is i forgot about so that it... 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it all exists in the same universe. I guess. I don't. I don't know um, where Happy Gilmore fits in, but I guess Hubie and um, Happy Gilmore. I'm assuming that that's that character's name. Um, I'm assuming that Hubie and Happy Gilmore are like related somehow, and then they are also going to then be Billy Madison's ancestors. Well, and and here's the. Yeah, I guess that's the the tricky thing, though, is that all of this is taking place in some sort of modern timeline, you know. Um, so, right. so it's 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 hard to say because Ben Stiller is noticeably older than he was in Happy Gilmore. So it goes Happy Gilmore, then Hubie Halloween, then Billy Madison, then Billy Madison. Yeah, I think so. Is there anything that dates this movie? I mean, I, to be fair, they like go to a drive-in theater. I guess maybe. Yeah. I guess maybe the cars. I, I I don't know if anybody uses smartphones in the movie. I can't remember, but there are. I guess the cars would maybe date this movie. This is the only thing. This is the only plot hole in the Hubie Halloween Happy Gilmore Billy Madison trio. Um, the trilogy. The trilogy. The big three. One would call them. Let's keep going down that cast list, though. Uh, unless we had, yeah. oh, we, there was something else. Oh, right, something else I was going to talk about <laughs> with uh, Ray Liotta. With, yeah, with Ray Liotta and and uh, and all the bullying. Um, which is that? Um, what well, I I think that I've been like desensitized to a, a movie like this. Um, yeah, to the point to where like I've seen so many fuck awful Steven Destroy movies, uh, Steven Seagal movies, that <laughs> um, <laughs> that a movie like this just feels like amazing um for like a little while especially like Mm -hmm. knowing that clementine was on the docket for this week um but like i did like get annoyed watching this movie a little bit too um and like adam sandler just like has the un has just unbelievable reflexes when he's on his bike uh people throw shit at adam sandler in this movie and he's uh and his fucking weird soup can thing (laughs) his thermos his thermos that he uh and that disgusting concoction of soup that he makes. <laughs> um, yeah. It's pretty good. But, uh, yeah, and then he just, like, he, like, sees uh, uh, his his love interest and then just, like, fucking runs into cars and shit. And, like, as he was looking at that girl, I was like, he's he's going to run into a car. I know he's going to run into a car. Mm-hmm. And then he ran into a car. And um, so, yeah, we aren't here to tell you that Hubie Halloween's amazing. Uh, <laughs> but... Because like, you already know that. Yeah, but you already knew that. Just uh, don't mistake our relief for necessarily genuine quality. Although we would, I, I would certainly suggest this this movie leaps and bounds over any Seagal movie we've watched. Uh, but that's yeah, well, that was absolutely. all I was gonna say. It is just wild how much they bully him, though. Like, did anybody nobody noticed? Like, like, hey man, maybe we should. They throw shit at him. I mean, towards the end of the movie, somebody throws a fucking TV at him. Yeah. <laughs> They're really mean to him. <laughs> um, it's unbelievable. So I'm gonna do. Um, I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit. Yeah. Just kind of make things a little bit smoother. Uh, June Squibb as Hubie's mother. Right. Um, big part of the movie is they talk about how this guy, the psycho, escaped from the asylum, and then people start disappearing. Whole the the also simultaneously. Um, Steve Buscemi, who we'll get to, has just moved in next door, and uh, implications are high. He is a werewolf. Mm-hmm. So, whole plot of the movie is basically like, what's going on? 
Is the psycho taking people? Is it the werewolf? Is it both of them? Twist of the movie. Um, it was Hubie's mother all along kidnapping people who were mean to her son. Yeah, it's it's the big uh, it's the big Friday the Thirteenth ending. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, the end of this movie is fucking insane. Yes, she ties them. She ties them to uh, <laughs> stakes and pours gasoline and is going to light them on fire. And and one and one she, of these people, mind you, is a high school child. Uh, that yes, this is like a sixteen, seventeen year old kid tied up to one of these. Uh, yes, yeah. it's this like teenage boy who works with Hubie, Ray Liotta, and then um, Maya Rudolph and Tim Meadows. Yeah. Right? That's it? Yes. That's that's the big four. Yeah. And they're all um, tied up because the movie takes place in Salem. The whole idea is she's going to burn them like witches. <laughs> um, yeah. Which, one thing... That was not a pun. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I wanted to bring up is, is it like fucked up for Salem to have a huge Halloween bash? Um, it is what they do. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I know. Yeah, it. But is it like in like real world? Isn't that like fucked up? Considering that like people were murdered. Yeah, due to the only the only paranoia. Re- <laughs> the only reason we know what Salem is is from absolute insanity. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. No, it's probably a little weird. Um. It's probably not. Uh. The right call <laughs> but because and it is weird it's like the the conception of salem is just like like ooh salem spooky ooh witches and i'm like it is a little bit like hey hey man like <laughs> you do know they fucking murdered just like a bunch of women for no reason in salem right like there's no spooky yes. witches like there's just a bunch of women that got fucking burned to death <laughs> yeah i know like the whole time i was watching this movie i was like this is but to be fair, not, this does not feel right. To be fair to this movie, that is not the movie's fault. This is this is this is a much no, larger I, cultural thing. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I'm not holding Hubie Halloween responsible for the, <laughs> yeah. the city of Salem. Yeah, um, but it kind of jumped out to me here. But basically, Jude Squibb, um, I really liked her as Hubie's mom. She's very sweet, and this like bit of her being this sweet old lady as she's getting ready to murder these people and she like called the local news to film it so everyone could see this display of like what happens when you're mean to her son yeah and um that that bit really gets me the sweet old lady doing horrible crime will always always get me yeah um my hardest laugh of the whole movie is at the end um she throws a match to like burn them all Hubie puts it out with his thermos by splashing soup on it. Cops come to arrest her. And, um, or maybe I lied. Maybe this is before that, (laughs) but either way, she's talking to Hubie about how she has to, um, kill these people. And she says, uh, I need to make it good for you before I go. And Hubie says, before you go, go where to heaven. And Hubie squid replies, no, probably going to hell, Hubie. <laughs> and uh, I can't do justice to her delivery there, but it killed me. I thought it was so fucking funny. It was easily the hardest laugh of the movie for me. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I thought that was so funny. Yeah, um, it's good. Yeah, uh, her, uh, the big twist. I mean, there's a lot of like pretty on the nose uh, horror movie references uh, throughout 
Hubie Halloween. Um, but I, I, I did, I did kind of, I, I loved the, the Friday the 13th ending. Cause it actually, it actually was a little bit of a twist. I, I, I was, mm-hmm. I was not thinking about the mom being the killer. Um, so it was actually a pretty, uh, effective nod to Friday the 13th, which I was, uh, you know, I was, I was quite happy for. And, uh, yeah. So, Hey man, that, there's a thing Hubie Halloween did pretty, pretty well. They, they did, yeah. they did the twist ending pretty well. You know what? <laughs> No, I'm not going to say Clementine did its 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 twist well. Uh, <laughs> Clementine did not do its twist well, but um, these movies both had twists that technically were twists. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, next up, Shaq. Oh, and uh, yes. Oh, are you okay? <laughs> oh God, I love Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> oh, I was so happy to see Shaquille O'Neal. Anyway, yeah, please. <clears throat> Um, well, Shaq, so the whole movie, there is a um, radio host with a very uh, stereotypically feminine voice uh, broadcasting to Salem. And for some reason, I really don't know why this kind of lost me, but Hubie goes to the radio station and uh, turns out Shaq has been the DJ and he uses a like radio voice. That sounds very feminine, and that's kind of just like the joke. That is, um, that is the whole joke. Uh, big man talk, <laughs> big man talk like lady. Big man talk like lady. Um, didn't really do it for me. Yeah, I was just happy to see Shaq. Shaq's just one of those I people. Agree. He, it's he just uh, he just illuminates me. I just see Shaq, I get happy. Uh, but the jokes they had him do were not funny. This is this is yeah, this is pretty objectively I, true. Um, and then Betsy Sodaro plays his wife and they do the exact same bit yep um where she's uh, a lady but she have deep voice yeah. lady have deep and, voice uh, shack have lady <laughs> shack have small voice yeah the crowd goes wild yeah. um none of that did it for me but the two of them do eat a sandwich just like a club sandwich yep. like lady in the tramp yep and i did really like that i enjoyed that very much um not even like I was laughing. It was just like <laughs> kind of aesthetically pleasing <laughs> yeah. for me to see the two of them. Um, both people I like uh, eat a club sandwich like Lady of the Tramp and get it all over themselves. <laughs> just kind of worked. I appreciated that. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was good. Um, it, it saved the Shaq cameo. Um, yeah. Next, next. Next up. Yeah. Next up. And we're gonna, I think, get kind of, we're gonna wrap it up pretty soon because we still got to do our sentencing and uh, trivia, right? But we've been thinking about those. So we're gonna combine two. So we're gonna do Steve Buscemi as Walter Lambert, Hubie's new neighbor, who um, Hubie thinks is a werewolf, and um, Rob Schneider, mm-hmm. who plays uh, Richie Hartman, the guy who escapes from the asylum. Yeah. Uh yeah. You want you want to start? I always like bust in with my thoughts. You want to you want to go? Yeah. So man, I just want to talk about the scene with 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 Steve and 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 Rob Schneider uh together. But uh I guess we'll get uh, we'll, well, there's oh god, they they have two of the most memorable uh parts of the movie for me. Um but we I'll start briefly with with Steve Buscemi. He uh he moves in uh next door to to Adam Sandler. And, you know, he gives him his whole, uh, uh, 
you're going to hear some some weird ass sounds. Uh, please don't come over and try to help me uh, type shit. <clears throat> and uh, Adam Sandler does, of course. And uh, Steve Buscemi, I guess, what is he? He's like, he's just like gluing uh, a bunch of hair onto his arms and shit to, to make himself look like a werewolf. It's 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 pretty goofy. Yeah, it turns out that he uh, is also somebody who escaped from the asylum. Yeah, he was, he was Rob Schneider's roommate. Yes, and then Rob Schneider just broke out to bring him back. But Steve Buscemi just thinks he's a werewolf. Yeah, and so they get... Well, they turn themselves in. Um, yeah. Because the whole town... After Rob Schneider comes and yeah. gets Steve Buscemi. Yeah, because the whole town... Uh, 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 they're in a panic. They're in a panic. And so they show up and um they're at the police station um oh god and so somebody makes somebody makes a comment about piss so i have it i have it written down because i it did make me laugh um this would be my l when rob schneider talks about piss (laughs) yeah he does a lot more to talk Um, about piss brother so that's true um but they're like sitting in the police station Steve just like you do anything fun while you're out and Rob Schneider says, pissed on a tombstone, pissed on the street, just some fun piss and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And that, that, that got me. I laughed at that. Never really expected to laugh at Rob Schneider in general. Yep, but here, so this one really took me by surprise. Here it was. Um, they do follow this up by him being like, I'm pissing right now. Yeah. And, Which um, is a lot less funny. Yeah, that one, it, it was a little, you know, the rule of threes, mm-hmm. you had pissing on the tombstone, pissing on the street. Just some fun piss and stuff. Yep. Yeah, you know, you're good. You had me. All right, you don't need to do any more piss. Yep, but then they went to the fourth piss, but then they went to the fifth piss, in which... Fit, fit, in fit, which piss to the fifth power. In which, in which Rob Schneider is pissing all over himself, and Steve Buscemi loves it. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, then he starts uh, scratching uh, Steve Buscemi's neck like he's a dog, uh, and Steve Buscemi uh, lifts his leg up. Um, like a again, dog. like a dog. Uh, uh, again, uh, deriving a great deal of pleasure from being scratched by uh, by Rob Schneider. And then at the big climax, at the big twist with the with the mom, um, the police station. And this has been like a kind of re- recurring joke throughout the movie, I guess, that I actually was kind of into, which is that the police station has absolutely nobody that can. Uh, come to help them with any of this shit like we don't know where the rest of the force is but just like none of that's true it's just kevin james and keenan Thompson. yeah and they're just like where's everybody else i'm like oh they're busy with other shit and so like this is this is like kind of a recurring thing throughout the movie that i was kind of into and it, it that joke kind of climaxes with rob schneider and steve buscemi standing next to um uh next to uh paul blart <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't uh, remember Kevin James's name for a second. Uh, with like uh, handguns, um, then and like finger, finger guns. guns, yeah. With not yeah, really not handguns, hand yeah. <laughs> uh, guns made literally out of their hands. Um, and where again the joke is reiterated that they didn't have anybody else to come help out. And for some reason that also kind of got me in that scene. Um, I was like, wow, man, they really don't have anybody on this force. Um, I was kind of into that. NGL was kind of into that joke. Yeah. Um, and then let's wrap it up with uh, Maya Rudolph and Tim Meadows. Classic. They're um, an old married couple. They bicker. They banter. Um, Tim Meadows doesn't satisfy Maya Rudolph sexually, and that's kind of just like the joke. They really just got the one joke. 
they're fine. They're both like pretty funny people that aren't funny in this movie. Yeah. But you know, I mean, it's Hubie Halloween. It's not great, but it's definitely not awful. Yeah. Uh, and one thing I'll say on, on my Rudolph is that again, a, 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 a funny person that really uh, tends to not do well in in Adam Sandler movies. Uh, she's in grown. Is she in a lot of Sandler? She's in Grown Ups, and n- literally nobody is funny in Grown Ups. So I've only I've only <laughs> seen her in Grown Ups and this, and um, so I give her a pass on on, on Grown Ups for sure. But yeah, she, you know, they they don't give her a lot to work with in this. So. Yeah, and then um, George Wallace is the mayor, and they do like a Jaws thing, where they're like, "Mayor, you got to close down this town. You got to close down the Salem, Massachusetts uh, celebration of these people who were murdered here." And then he's like, "We can't do that. It's Jaws. It's it's a little Jaws. It's a little Jaws." And it's interesting to me that they don't really like reference it. You know? Yeah um yeah it's actually kind of a a a cool uh nod to jaws jaws in the sense that you like legitimately have to have seen jaws to know that that's what they were doing (laughs) yeah yeah it's like a a legitimate just sort of homage and it's not like a um reference i don't know if i would call it a joke yeah that's the thing is Um, it's not really played like one yeah it's just our reference and that is kind of nice um yeah i actually think that they do like the horror movie references pretty well in in this mm-hmm. in this movie like uh the halloween ones are, are just kind of the way they shoot rob schneider like putting on his like uh pig mask that he wears around the town yeah um again it's just like shot kind of like halloween and it's like you immediately feel like oh yeah halloween and again like you would have had to have seen halloween to like know that um and uh and then they they do a pretty corny on the nose like uh what's your address it's like 59 elm street like yeah it's 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 pretty on the nose it's it's not great but the other ones they they did a pretty decent job with the references ngl all right yeah and you know what that's hubie halloween that is no way around it that's hubie halloween our podcast isn't about any of this shit yeah but Um, we sure wish it was Yeah, kinda. I feel like our our follow up um, Stephen Brill podcast might be more interesting. Um, yeah, but it looks like he hasn't really done anything particularly good. He did. He directed Little Nicky, Mister Deeds, uh, Drillbit Taylor with Owen Wilson. I have seen Drillbit Taylor. I am. I have too. Yeah. That's the one where Owen Wilson just beats up like middle school. Yeah, he just beats up kids. Um, he did. The Do-Over and Sandy Wexler, which were two other Netflix Sandler movies. Yeah. Neither of which I've seen. And Yeah. But that's, that's Hubie Halloween. You know, it was a fun little break, fun little diversion. Nice way to fill out our episode. <laughs> nice, nice way to pad our runtime while talking about Clementine. Um, which, you, do, you, do you remember Clementine? Do you remember, do you remember our Steven Seagal podcast? I was really trying not to, but yeah. Let's um. Let's get back let's to do doing it. Yeah. <laughs> let's do some sentencing. We'll do some trivia. We'll wrap it out. We'll roll out. We'll call it a day. Meet back here in a week to talk into the sun with Steven Seagal. God. What What's your sentencing for Clementine? I don't know, dude. It's like fifteen years. It's <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> Like, okay. he he doesn't deserve a lot for it I, the only, honestly the only reason he's getting 15 years from me um is is just because i'm sad that i had to think about clementine yeah no that seems that that feels right um as fans will remember i did go a little crazy last week 
um, I had had enough yep. of this podcast. So much so that we talked about Hubie Halloween quite a lot last week, too. <laughs> that's that's true. Um, so I'm going to go a little bit lighter on him this week. I think that you were about right with that 15, but I do feel like I need to try and, and just, you know, cut back a little bit, take a step back. Clementine, he it's not like he was in it so i'm gonna do 10 i'm gonna do 10 years mm-hmm. a nice simple yeah 25 together and one thing i'll say about Stephen and clementine is that um he's in such a small dose that i would actually refer to it as one of his better performances for like for like whatever that's worth it's not much but you can take that for what what it is at face value it's one of steven's best performances in that uh he he actually just is playing himself uh basically in in this movie i mean he he says literally he says like three lines yeah uh, he says like you're going down uh i didn't know they kidnapped your daughter i don't count him saying like here it is yeah. and then he says thank you when the guy says taekwondo is a state of mind yeah uh, he he just plays himself in this movie uh and and whereas like in his actual movies he's playing like uh who who he wishes he was yeah um and so in this movie well, he still played who he wishes he was yeah as a but, th- but this one's slightly more believable i guess to where he's just like I, again like they they build a lot around him obviously but like it's like here's steven seagal a successful martial artist from america he yeah yeah i guess that's true i mean it's like even for steven seagal you would like it would be really hard to be in a movie as little as he is in this movie and be bad. He basically just walks past the camera. Yeah. Like it'd be really hard to be awful in that role that he has. Well, here. I wouldn't put it past him, but, uh, I mean, if anybody could do yeah, it, yeah, never, never but, say never on this podcast. man. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's Clementine. Yeah. Let's, uh, do some IMDb trivia, right? So last week for Out of Reach, um, because we've just completely lost lost it at this point, <laughs> we've lost the plot, uh, we said, Steven Seagal hated this movie. Steven Seagal hates every movie he has ever been in. Steven Seagal prefers to live in the Steven Seagal Zoo. And it got approved, and it's still up there. They, <laughs> um, so I had... <laughs> Um, a couple ideas for the trivia. Good, nice for Clementine. Yeah, some more just explicit, just straight up like this could be our trivia, and then some jumping off points. Um, idea for like this could just be the trivia. Maybe like a good backup would just be um, Steven Seagal translated the English subtitles himself. That is a good backup because it's believable. Um, and then a good jumping off point I had was like, uh, what sort of wacky hijinks or like what sort of, uh, wacky scenario Steven found himself in where he had to do this movie as the only way to get out. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Or, um, Steven did not know that he was in this movie and the entire thing was, uh, shot like, um, Borat around him. Also believable. What have you got? Well, 
hit me. I think that two of those are pretty much completed ideas. I th- I think mm-hmm. it being filmed like Borat, uh, or uh, uh, Stephen doing the subtitles himself. Um, I think that those are both uh, fully formed. So I, I'd say those are both backup plans. And then hijinks. What kind of hijinks could Steven Seagal have been involved in? Yeah. Now the obvious kind of jumping off points from there, Steven owed some people some money. Yeah. You could be, if you wanted to be simple, a little bit more believable, say Steven, you know, owed some South Korean bookies. He bet on the wrong horse at the track. Yeah. And uh, had to be in Clementine for five minutes. Yeah. Um, or I would. Or we, yeah, I'm listening. We could say that Stephen um, bet that uh, that the movie was going to make the movie was going to be a huge blockbuster success in the United States, and that if he if it wasn't that uh i don't know something bad was going to happen like that that he's like still serving some sort of a sentence for the bet that he lost about <laughs> clementine being an international hit <laughs> now i let me let me put a little code on yeah. that steven seagal bet that clementine would be a huge blockbuster success in the united states and swore that if it wasn't he'd never make another starry theatrical movie again perfect all right he'd never do another starring this is genuine lore right here again this is uh this is yeah this is genuine lore all right that was easy that was it's never that easy yeah, man a little suspicious <laughs> yeah fuck it scrap it we need a new one <laughs> well i've already submitted it to i and it will be approved maybe before the episode's over maybe i mean we're we're like at the yeah end, but it's so... happened before it has happened before. Um, <laughs> um, so we are at the end. Uh, we are at the end. We've come to the end of our time together. Thank you for uh, tuning in to, I guess, a Steven Seagal podcast. Yeah, I mean, we talked about him. Allegedly. Yeah. Dylan's fallen yeah. asleep here. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long day. <laughs> uh, did you watch UB Halloween today? Yeah, I watched them both today. Damn. Yeah, man. That's yeah. I was uh, I was flip flopping plots as I was trying to talk about them, man. I couldn't remember which movie was which. Yeah, I couldn't remember which one that somebody puked projectile vomited on a bike in. God, that's like how they pop that movie off. Yeah, it's like first five minutes. Yeah, that's like right away. Um, Sandler's just puking. Also, one thing we did talk about is how Hubie Halloween has seventeen minute long credits. Yeah, so I I like looked at the movie. I was like, God, an hour and forty minutes, or like so it was almost two hours. Right? It was like an hour and fifty minutes for Hubie Halloween. I was like, Jesus. I think it's like hour forty five. Like, Jesus, man. And then I, the movie ended, and I looked at the fucking the the timeline. I was like, Oh, there's still like fifteen minutes to go. He's he's um at like the pyre with his mom, and there's twenty minutes left. And I was like, What the fuck are we doing for the rest of this movie? Yeah. And the answer is uh, credits, <laughs> showing every single person that was in the movie, like th- ten seconds of them being in the movie, and then having a title card saying their name for every single person. Yeah, um, it was wild. Okay, this has been a Steven Seagal podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing to Patreon.com/slash Talk Film Society. Five stars on. Um, 
you know, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Red Tube. <laughs> I liked I liked all the hesitance in that. You were like, "Oh man, I'm about to say something naughty." Um, <laughs> you're like, "And uh, uh well, red red tube, red tube." Well, everyone everyone's gonna be like, "How, how does James know what that is?" Wait a second. I, was, I saw it. Hold on. I saw it in a movie. I saw, my dad told me. <laughs> um, God, I hope that's not. All right. Happened. Well, you know, I don't I don't make fun of your your jokes and your deliveries. that's not explicitly true but i think it's no true. i think that there's there's almost no way that you haven't made fun of at least one of my jokes this week i've never made fun of one of your jokes um and the fans will prove uh-huh. it send us an email at steven destroy podcast um how do i am losing it how do emails work steven destroy podcast <laughs> at gmail.com that's it yeah and uh we suggest that if you're going to come at us with uh, uh, something like that. If we've made some sort of an error here, if if James has indeed never made some sort of a comment on my delivery, uh, we suggest though that you scrub through every single episode, start to finish, uh, arguably for a second time, uh, uh, because of course we know our listeners listen to every single moment of every one of these episodes. Uh, listen to it all again, and then if you if you do find something, don't send it to us in the email. Actually, just uh, send money to the Patreon and. Uh, and just write a message with it. That would be better. Yeah. Because we aren't going to check the emails, but yeah. send stuff to it anyway. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening. Dylan, next week we're going to be we're gonna be diving into 2005, uh, Into the Sun. We got four movies Stephen did in 2005. Um, <laughs> no Hubie Halloween next week. Yeah. To, to, you know, give us a little cushion. It's going to be all Stephen... And I'm instigating, putting in a rule now that we are going to have to, we're going to talk about Into the Sun and Into the Sun only. No diatribes, no bits, no rants, no raves. Into the Sun only. Yep. Next week. Cut and dry. Into the Sun. Cut and dry. Into the Sun. Um, thanks. Yeah. You want to you take us out? Is there anything else that I'm missing? Our wonderful art. Yeah, by uh, Michelle from uh, from Artsplained. Check out Artsplained Downhill Media on YouTube. We love them. They're they're great. They're great yeah. people. Yeah. All right. Um, any motherfuckers from uh, Hubie? Uh, Hubie Halloween is a PG thirteen film, my friend. Um, okay. Well, you know, you never know what they're gonna sneak by. Yeah, you never you never know what Netflix is gonna try to days. get get away with next. Um, yeah, you know, Netflix, I don't think, has to get stuff approved by the MPAA. I think that they, well, they probably couldn't say it was, like, PG-13 and then have it, like... Not be? Be a, <laughs> yeah, be, like, a blatant, like, R, like, QB's cursing up a storm. Yeah. They, I feel like there's some way that that would end up badly for them. Um, yeah, you want to take us out? You know what? Uh, I think that uh, since this was a half Steven, half Hubie episode. Dylan. What? Are you going to do a Hubie? No. Voice? Okay. <laughs> I was just going to say that I was going to do our outro, but I wasn't going to do Steven voice. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I'll allow it. Thanks. For, thanks. For, thanks for listening. Motherfucker. <laughs> I'm not gonna. gonna uh, what you think? You think I'm just out here, just looking for the first opportunity to do my QB lively, chubby ass, and get the fuck off my car? I, 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 I'm starting to get scared. No, better. starting to get scared. Thanks. You know what? I don't know if that's the episode.
listening to Mike. I think you should cut it. We have a problem. Steven started ad-libbing. I guess that means I won't get to see you go through puberty. I will snatch every motherfucker birthday. <laughs>